0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to an all new edition of the 20% podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you could implement in your current job today. Today's guest is Bryn Tillman. Bryn's currently the CEO of Social Sales Link, where she's transforming the way professionals sell by converting connections to conversations. Besides being a CEO, she is a LinkedIn author, a sales trainer, sales navigator trainer, and simply is all about helping social sellers attract teach, and engage their buyers to start more sales conversations on a consistent basis. As always, Bryn bought her absolute A-game today during this conversation, and we discussed so many areas, including slowing down your outreach to speed your outcome, digging deeper to find the true cause, focus on what actually matters to your customers, how sales improves all aspects of your life, and also how she started her selling career upselling at friendlies and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with Bryn Tillman. So Bryn thank
1: you so much again for, for, for jumping in and, and chatting with me. So uh, the first question I want to ask is why should someone start their sales their career in sales or hold a sales job at some point and what skills would that would somebody come out with?
2: So that's a great question and um, the first thing is you know so so why would someone choose sales? There's so many wonderful things about sales Um, as a career, but sales is something that we do every single day. If we're trying to convince uh, our kids to eat broccoli, we're in sales. You know, if I want to go to Disney World and my husband wants to go to the Caribbean and I got to get into sales in order to win, you know, where I want to go, right? So everything we do is sales. So when you're doing this for a living, and especially if you can get some um, fantastic professional training, coaching on how to sell, it improves your entire life, right? So, so that's the first thing. Um, What skills do you need? So the number one skill that I believe you need, if you are going to be, if you're going to excel at sales is the uh, empathy, the ability to truly uh, connect with your buyer in a way that authentic empathy, that you really care about who they are, what they're trying to achieve, and helping them to get to that solution. It's not always you that they buy from at the end, and you have to be okay with that. So I think something I, I say often is the best salespeople. Detach from what the client is worth to them, and attach to what they are worth to the client.
1: Wow! Can you say that one more time? I think that was—I think that we—that's double down on that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, the the best salespeople detach from what the client is worth to them, and attach to what they are worth to the client. Love that. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know that's kind of our mantra. Uh, at at social sales link. So um, when you can truly connect with the client, the prospect as a human being, and you really care about their journey, their challenges, then you can really serve them. And again, a, a really good salesperson is someone who's there to serve and solve
1: Not just sell. Wow. And we are true problem solvers. So that I that is incredible advice. And and somebody I talked to, I think I was talking to Marcus Chan the other day. And he mentioned, I don't know if it was him or if it was somebody else who mentioned we need to look at ourselves as sales professionals as a doctor. And our our patient is the prospect. And Mm -hmm. we should be appalled if they're not taking our recommendation, our advice, truly believing in what we're what we're selling. And almost as it's like their lifeline to the success of their organization. So how do you help to try to really jump into the, the empathy or really try to understand the customer and the client? Uh, trying well, to let's
2: more- go to your doctor for a second. Let's just think about that. Um, Cause I love that example. If you are a sales doctor, right? You are a, whatever it is that you do, let's, 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 let's play with that for a moment. And I'm going to kind of wing this. So let's hope I can get somewhere that makes sense. Yep. But if you walk into a doctor's office and you say, Doctor, I have a headache, they don't hand you Advil and tell you to go home. They don't sell you what they want to sell you. They need to find out what's the cause of the headache. How often are you having them? Is it a food allergy? Is it from a high pitched sound in your house? Like, we need to get to why are you, is it high blood pressure or low blood pressure or what? Like, what's the cause of the headache? if we walk into a prospect where we have already determined what we want to sell them we're handing them advil right we we can't do that so our goal is to dig deeper and to really ask the right questions listen to the challenges that they're going through and why, right? So for, you know, if you're selling, I, I don't, I, I, you know, if you're, you're selling life insurance, let's just throw that out there, right? You don't walk in there and say, okay, well, how much do you have left on your mortgage? 700,000. Okay. You're going to get a $700,000 policy. Cause that's what we should give you to cover your mortgage. If you should die you haven't really listened to them. What do they need? Is there you know, uh, uh, other pieces to this? You have to go deeper and deeper. And they may have called you and said, I want life insurance to cover my mortgage. I have a headache. But you wouldn't say, so some, some insurance people say, okay, let's write you a $700,000 policy. We're done now. That's not appropriate, right? We need to go deeper and deeper and find out what else do you need? What else isn't covered? Where are there gonna be issues, right? And cause it's our responsibility to make sure that what we provide them, or at least to let them know what the best solution is. And that becomes a really valuable um, tool for people because a lot of folks just wanna close that sale and that may not be the right solution. And when our prospects come to us, they come to us with a predetermined notion, often of what I'm looking for, but it's not always what they need because they don't know what they don't know. Love that. Yeah, I so, love
1: that. The you know cl- closing the sale may not always be the right solution, and I think that that's what causes people uh, to give salespeople a, a bad name and just the profession in general. It seems like. Oh, everybody, you know, when you think of a sales professional, what do you think of? If you would have asked me that three years ago, oh, that used car salesman or woman, um, somebody who's just trying to push something down your throat. But really, closing the deal is not always the solution. We need to make sure that our solution is actually correct for that individual person. So I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and thank you so much for bringing that up to top of mind. My next question why do you believe that the sales, That the skills from sales are the foundation to a successful career or life.
2: And I think it goes back to what we just talked about is, you know, if you can learn how to empathize and really learn about what's going on with your prospect, you can learn to really understand and have empathy to your spouse, to your children, to your best friend, right? What's going on Uh, what's the challenge they're facing and you know your kid comes to you and says I have a headache find out why did they have a bully at school that annoyed them did they have right are they struggling in math and that's why they have it what's the reason so we we've got like our job is to dig deeper till we find the cause to see where we can actually bring help and we may not be the one that can help them but we can find the right solution that can help them. So everywhere in the world, if we can follow anyone that we have any relationship with, and we can communicate in a way that we are showing up with empathy, we are showing up really caring about what's going on with them, not just surface, and get to the, the core, we'll build better relationships everywhere.
1: And how uh, it could just diving a little bit deeper into that I mean how do you besides just being a genuinely empathetic person I mean how could you truly you know somebody may say you you can't really you don't understand me fully or how could you care about me when you don't really know I mean I guess is it I guess maybe that's the answer Is it just learn asking the questions to learn about them more? How do you do that?
2: Yeah so I, I'm a true believer in building beyond rapport building relationships especially if you've got a complex sale. If you have a hundred dollar click here and buy sale, it's different, right? What we're talking about is you know ongoing relationships, deeper sale cycle where you're really having a, a significant impact on with a, of an with an outcome like that's that's significant. Mm-hmm. That also probably brings not just significant investment of money, but investment of time and resources from both you and from your prospective client. Um, so. You know, a lot of it is slowing down the outreach to speed up the outcome. So a lot of it, and we're not going into our pitch deck in the first five minutes, because how could you care about them if you get on a call and you start pitching, right? So you have to learn about them to care about them. You have to figure out what matters to them. Some of that is a little bit of research. Some of that is through questions. Um, one of my favorite contacts, and I don't really use Instagram, but barely at all. But one of my uh, LinkedIn contacts mentioned um, something about flying to Japan for work. And I happened to say, you know, I'm gonna hop on his Instagram and see. So he had all these incredible pictures of Japan so I liked and engaged on that. And then, you know, two weeks later um, I messaged him and I said, I'd love to hear about your training in Japan. He said, okay. So we, we had a whole conversation on the training in Japan and he ended up to be an incredible referral source for me into one of my biggest accounts. Wow. I started the conversation First, you know, or, or had nothing to do with me. It had to do with him. So I think, you know, it's slowing it down. It's not connect and pitch. It's, you know, we have to stop talking all the time about what we want to talk about and start talking about what they want to consume, what matters to them. It, it, if we went into a networking meeting, and there were a hundred people in a room, and we walk to a, over to a little group that's chatting. We wouldn't walk over and say, "Hi, I'm Bryn. I help companies just like you do this, this, and that. right." We wouldn't do that. We would have normal conversations about what they're talking about, and it could be the trip to Japan, it could be another event that they went to, it could be some change, you know, whatever. It could be anything. Talk about that first. So doing this on LinkedIn or social selling or anywhere. It's the same human being uh, that, that we're having this conversation with. It shouldn't matter that it's digital or in-person. It's the same um, way to slowly develop a relationship. So by the time you have that first call, there is a connection.
1: Absolutely. And it's so funny too. I mean, there's so many connections that I make, whether um, it's people that I've, I've uh, linked with before doing a podcast or just watching their videos. There's so many people, even like like Larry Levine, where I feel like I know you just from engaging with your content and talking to you. Like you're able to build that that rapport and that relationship before you ever talk to the people. So that's why I mean I know that you're really big with uh, with LinkedIn and stuff like that, and I feel like that that's in my young career that's been one of the most successful things that I've been able to do so far. And it's just I Clubhouse. I, you know what I I moderated my first room the other day and I loved it. I'm gonna start. I need to start doing it more. Um, so I will, uh, I will absolutely have to do that.
2: Follow, um, Bobby Umar and he has the thought leadership club okay. has amazing, amazing salespeople in there.
1: I am going and, to look it up.
2: And Jeff Bajorek from 8am to noon on Saturday mornings. There's this is sales radio.
1: Okay. I am going to check that out. Are you, do you go on there frequently?
2: Yeah. I speak on sales radio. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm too frequently.
1: No, there's no, no such thing.
2: It's okay. I, I often do it when I walk. So I'm double dipping.
1: That's perfect. I, I do that as well. That's incredible. So my next question here is to give a little bit of context. Um, I truly believe that every single job that we have, whether we're making eight fifty an hour, when we're just starting as young, as young professionals in your career, you know, uh, flipping burgers or or serving tables, bartending. There's skills that you could learn, but way beyond the monetary value that you're going to be making. And for mm-hmm. example, uh, the Lori Richardson example comes to my head. Of she used to work in her her grandmother's clothing store, and she at first she just started, you know, doing the um uh, like pressing the clothes and stuff yeah. like that. But then her grandmother would take the clothes that they had and model them at different restaurants or even jump into uh, radio ads. So she was learning at a really young age, how to market yourself. And Mm -hmm. you don't think about those kind of skills then, but only in self-reflection, we see all of these incredible skills that we've learned. Is there any stories from your previous career um, or or at the beginning of your Mm -hmm. career, when you're just starting that uh, you have those current skills that you've doubled down on later on?
2: Well, I think, you know, a couple of things. I I was always in the, in the, as a kid and all through college, a waitress through college. I was, I worked for friendlies for many years. And then I was a a cocktail waitress and I always loved it because I controlled my own money. Right. Like I I loved, I knew very early on that if I sold appetizers and desserts, I would double my tip so at friendlies, I'd walk over and I'm like, hey, did you ever have this appetizer? It's absolutely amazing. And they may not have been thinking about appetizers, but I was upselling really early on. And so I think, and I, I have examples all through my career, starting at Dun & Bradstreet in an inbound call center. I was bored. So I started asking people, you know, what credit decisions is I was an order taker, but I ended up to become an order maker, because they'd call in and I'd ask questions and I'd upsell them. That wasn't, I wasn't making commission. That wasn't even my job, but, and the ups, I would, uh, there's a line, I would upserve them, right? Like it was, I, I would always provide something that they needed. They didn't most, many times they didn't even know there were other options, right? So, um, so I think through my whole career, I, I've just naturally become a sales solutions
1: provider. Absolutely. And there's, I love all of those different stories that I'm hearing because people, uh, people not only light up about their previous experience, but I mean, it's so cool that these are just life skills that we're learning no matter what. The more I talk to to top sales professionals, the more I realize that sales and life, the life skills that you learn are are sales skills are life skills. Mm -hmm. So the better, the more that, you know, if if you're going to be doing this as a profession or you want to have the best life that you can, why not double down and master these skills? And this is why this is why I'm so passionate about uh, kind of d- doing the project that I'm doing now. So I love it. So thank you so much. I want to ask about your book with the next the last couple minutes that we have here. Um, could you just is there any kind of stories being a, a first time author that you would provide any recommendations to me or tips advice that you mm-hmm. may have struggled through?
2: Um, I I don't know if it's what I struggled through, but I definitely have some some tips. So, you want to create an excitement up to the launch of your book. And there are lots of ways to do that. I don't know how many chapters you have or how, but if you, you've got quotes from people, you've got, create a campaign leading up to the launch of the book around value nuggets, taken quotes from the book, chapter one, page 37, quote in a Canva, right? And then when, when it's launching, if you have pre-launch purchase, you can always add that, but make sure that it has a standalone value. It's not a, it's not a pitch, it, but each of these pieces and, and get momentum and get excitement. The other thing is when you launch on Amazon, you wanna get as many people to buy in an hour's time because every hour there is a bestseller, every hour on okay. the top of the hour. So if you can get, you know, as many of your, of, of your your network to buy in an hour, you can get bestseller in a category in that hour. Okay. Then you take a screenshot and you have it forever. And then you're a bestseller. So that's something I would absolutely uh, highly, highly recommend. Um, there's also lots of other things, but, you know, it, it's really about, I mean, you're the nice thing, smart thing you're doing is you're interviewing a lot of influencers that already have a following. So when you share a quote of theirs, you mention them, they'll engage, they'll bring in their folks. Um, I mean, there's there's so much that you can do. And if you could even have, um, you know, if you buy, if you have a pre-order, I don't know how you're doing, but if you have a pre-order and you buy early, you'll have access to a free webinar, It's totally for the people that pre-order, right? Okay, like a so lot that of things- Special that events
1: can... for those people who are gonna be kind of like purchasing early or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay,
2: so, cool. And that's what I'm gonna be
1: taking a lot of, and thank you so much. I'm gonna be taking these interviews as well and, and uh, posting them to kind of like show my process of learning. I think I may even just share all of the, like pretty much your answers in my podcast so that I could kind of build up the hype around it because the those that you currently have is kind of like the journey of hey I'm writing this book here's the here's the actual interviews that I've done because even if everybody hears every single word of all these interviews it's not going to be my twist until you actually have that end product right
2: absolutely I hundred percent agree, and it's not all together; it's in bits and pieces.
1: Right. So people are going to forget, and then uh, two, what I what I'm going to plan on doing too is I think I, I talked to um, Charlene. Have you? I think she's she's going to be talking at Outbound as well. I believe. Um, she mentioned to to kind of get a a group of hey once you have a manuscript or have a couple chapters written, ask people to do pre reads so that you could get quotes for for the book. So, yeah. So that's probably something, it sounds like you were kind of mentioning something along yeah, the Get a line. good
2: forward too. Someone that'll write a good forward for you can also Perfect. help. Perfect. Um, the other thing I would do is once it launches, do a book club and do live live stream book club. Okay. So like this week we're doing chapter one and we have three people and we're going to talk about chapter one. Then we're going to do chapter two and we have, you know, And and bring in maybe one influencer and two fans, two people that are reading it and do book club live. I love
1: that. This has been so great, Brynn. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your
2: time. My pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for taking some time to listen to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please share it along with your friends as that's one of the best ways that we're able to spread all the lessons that you learned in this show. If you'd be willing, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as that's another great way that we're able to get more incredible guests on the show and also expand the reach of the show as well. Until next time, cheers.